0: Welcome to It's the Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiance to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them.
1: I am the fiance. And I'm Drew. How are you doing? I'm good. Excited
0: to watch this musical. Yes,
1: it's been a while since we talked about any Star Kid, which is really, really exciting because I like Star Kid. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first time we've talked about them in 2022. Gosh, maybe. Yeah. And that's crazy considering we're basically halfway through the year now. Mm-hmm. In fact, we're, we're probably over the halfway mark now, which is scary.
0: Yes, a little bit stressful.
1: <laughs> but yes, we are back. You chose Firebringer mm-hmm. because it's Pride Month. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm hoping we're going to have a gay old time.
0: Yeah, this is the... We were looking for a story that had LGBTQ plus themes to have to start off our Pride Month, and this is one that I always really liked, so.
1: Yeah, I I know nothing about this one, and like you said last week, it's one of their originals as opposed to like an adaptation of something, you know, whereas obviously with Twisted we're parodying both Wicked and Aladdin, with mm-hmm. the very Potter trilogy, it's parodying uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. But I do like their originals. If you look at, you know, the the two parts of the Hatchetfield trilogy, I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far. So it's gonna be quite nice to see something original. I literally have no idea what Firebringer could mean.
0: Okay. You haven't seen anything to do with this. You're no. gonna know a couple of the songs.
1: Okay. I think
0: just from pop culture reference.
1: But Interesting. Because um, Starkid aren't usually pop culture.
0: Well, you know, culture reference then. Yeah,
1: fair enough. But
0: uh, this was the last show before Starkid as a group moved to LA. It's yes. their last show in Chicago. Uh, it's the 10th state show and it was performed in 2016.
1: Okay, so actually it's quite a recent one then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, then. Must be one of the last ones they did before really starting the Hatchetfield series.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's a couple of small things in between. But yeah, the, the next big musical was the start of the Hatchetfield universe. So Firebringer uh, was directed by Nick Lang of all the Starkid musicals. Yes. Uh, with the book written by Nick Lang and Matt Lang and Brian Holden. And, and it was also directed by Julia Albane, who has directed a couple of other StarKid shows, but is also notably Specs in Starship. Yeah. And Crab in A Very Positive Musical. Is Crab
1: one? the one that's just like, Crab?
0: No, that's Goyle. Oh, that's
1: Goyle. Okay. There's... Crab's the
0: one that wears the baseball cap.
1: I mean, Crab and Goyle have always been like one and the same to me anyway. It's not just a StarKid thing. Yeah. It's like Crab and or Goyle. It's like Ant and Dec. I don't know which one's which. They they just exist together.
0: Goyle's the taller one. Goyle. <laughs> That's his name.
1: I, I know, but it's the way you, you added emphasis on Goyle. As Goyle. To Goyle. Crab and Goyle. Crab and Goyle. Yeah, but you're, you're sounding very much like, hey, listen here, see, Goyle. <laughs> listen <laughs>
0: here, Goyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, The music and lyrics for this were written by Mark Swiderski and Meredith Stepien, who we well you
1: really enjoyed as a performer they were robo girl in starship you know i feel the one... like
0: the character's name isn't robo girl mega girl <laughs> mega girl yes they played mega girl in
1: starship the one who ends up with tootsie noodles
0: yes this being the last show before the move to la means that there are a couple of star kids in this production who this is their last StarKid show because they don't move to LA with the rest of the group, including Meredith Stepien, Brian Holden and Denise Donovan. Brian Holden was Lupin and also Junior in Starship.
1: Yeah, and is married to Meredith Stepien.
0: Yes, and Denise Donovan, who was February.
1: Who I did not like in Starship.
0: I feel like she's better in Firebringer.
1: Yeah, I. I but I think
0: maybe it's just the character.
1: Yeah, I wasn't necessarily sold mm-hmm. on them in in Starship. I just felt that their character was a little too. I don't know. Just it wasn't really my sort of character.
0: Yeah. So Firebringer was announced through a YouTube video in 2016. They had a Kickstarter. The base amount they were going for was $88,000 to cover the bare essentials of running a production. Yeah. And they were hoping to raise $125,000 to make the show the way they wanted it done. Yeah. But $88,000 was like the bare minimum that they could do it with. And they ended up raising $154,670 with 3,722 backers.
1: That's pretty cool. Really cool. So they had more than enough, so they could actually put a little bit more into it. Mm
0: -hmm. And the show was published on YouTube, which is how we will be watching it, in 2017, a year later. And then in 2019, they actually released the rights to perform Firebringer, So it allowed people to license their own production of the show. And also to license an age-appropriate production of the show. (laughs) Good.
1: So it's not like a really tame Starkid. One of the things I like about Starkid is a little bit of like the adult humor. Mm -hmm. So that's quite nice to know that there's that version. The only other one that you can get the licensing to perform is Twisted. I don't know. I'm pretty certain. Maybe I just dreamt it. But I was pretty certain you could get the rights to perform
0: I think twist. you would just really like to perform to us. I would really like to
1: perform to this, But that's pretty cool, actually, that this has gone above, that there must be, like, amateur productions of...
0: And school productions of Fibrin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, because you've got all ages, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: you have some particular favourite uh, star kids who will be amongst this cast. Uh, who are you looking to see?
1: Uh, obviously, my boy Jeff Blim.
0: Okay, so Jeff Blim isn't in this one. I'm sorry.
1: gonna lose a star automatically then no it's not no it has it's lost a star it's lost Jeff Lim Um, I would hope Jerry Richter's in it yes Lauren Lopez yes Uh, Jamie Lynn Betty yes it's gonna bug me because I cannot remember their name but was Jafar and returned in Black Friday and was Tootsie Noodles I can't remember their name, but I I they because they were Dumbledore and I didn't necessarily like them as Dumbledore. But then seeing them, because the only then seeing them in Twisted was like, oh wow, they're incredible.
0: Dylan Saunders. Dylan
1: Saunders. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously seeing Dylan Saunders come back for Black Friday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I know that's that he's not gonna be in this one, is he? Because the last thing he did was twisted before coming back and was like, wow, look at him. Mm-hmm um
0: well, i've already said we have meredith stepian denise yes. donovan and brian. joe
1: walker oh we've got joe walker back
0: as well as brian holden cool
1: because yes. joe walker obviously is voldemort and is always very like extra and
0: brings enjoyable like, yeah
1: i really enjoy his performances like in um starship when he was solid snake
0: Yes, is that what he was called? Well, I don't know. No, he was, he was called Commander Up.
1: Yeah, but he was basically Snake. Yeah, from Metal Gear. Sure. Uh, this must be one of the last ones he does, then, because mm-hmm. he's not in anything for a while. So that'd be good to see him. Try, uh, yeah. I, uh, so we've got the. I, I'd say, like for me, the the big four are Jeff Blim, Joey Richter, Jamie Lynn Betty, and Lauren Lopez. Mm-hmm. Because they seem to be in the most, in I mean, <laughs> they're the majority of the cast from *Trial to Oregon*, and then you have the mother. And I can't remember her name. Yeah. Because that's not, that's not Meredith Stepien.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who is it? Was it Rachel? It was. Was it Rachel Soglin? Who was... The mother in Trail to Oregon. Slippery When Wet.
0: Yes, Rachel Suglin. She's also in this one.
1: Good. Okay. Because she she's the one who I, I forget about in, in many of the performances. Because again, she's not in the more recent stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I see a combination of Jerry Richter, Lauren Lopez, Jamie Lynn Betty, and Jeff Blim, I'm going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. Firebringer, for me, it always makes you think of like Firestarter. You know, there's a I'm a Firestarter, Twisted Firestarter. So I wonder if it's going to be like. I don't know. Is it like a reference to that song? No. <laughs> Sorry. I really don't know what to expect with this one. I, do, I have no idea mm-hmm. what it's to do with. Yeah. So, like, I'm intrigued. And these are like Starship, you told me it's like part Starship Troopers, part like Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. <laughs> like part of your world with Bug. And I think, yeah, it's the first time since like a guy who didn't like musicals, like, I really was like, I have no idea. But at least with that one, I could come up with my own plot for it. You know, the whole like, it's Christmas time and, you know, it's like Scrooge. I really don't know what to think about Firebringer.
0: You haven't seen the poster, have you? No i show you the poster you can try and hazard a guess
1: oh that's prehistoric
0: mm-hmm. so it's like
1: dawn of man so mm-hmm. first person to create fire the
0: firebringer yeah
1: okay fair enough mm-hmm. that's i mean that's a great little uh poster you know exactly what you're getting with that one
0: yeah so the the tagline on the poster is at the dawn of civilization one girl had a bright idea
1: cool now you look at that. What's really cool, and Google it yourselves if you're listening and you've never seen it, it looks like cave paintings.
0: Yes, which I really like.
1: Yeah, the aesthetic of that is very, very cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I like, you know, you've, you've got a mammoth there as well. So a um, mammoth and a saber-toothed tiger. So I'd assume that those must be some of the animals we're going to see. Oh, they're going to be puppets. Yeah. Cool. You always
0: love the puppets. Star
1: Kid do a great job with puppets. They do a really
0: good job with puppets. So yeah, I'm ready to re-watch this. I love this show. I think it's really funny.
1: Do you think I'm going to enjoy this one?
0: Yeah, it has... So one of the things that we found when we've done StarKid has been some of their humour for you is kind of hit or miss. You like the one-liners the like making fun of stuff kind of humor as opposed to their like over-the-top references kind of humor
1: yeah i think it's what i disliked about some of the harry potter stuff was that it was just very very like long Mm -hmm. and just kept going whereas things i've enjoyed as we've watched more of them is where they have like just Mm one-liners or just like solid jokes like trail to Where Joey Richter tries to sing, he's like, oh, I don't know, you were just so inspiring to me. Yeah. But like, it's like, well, you wouldn't know this, but I was Tony in West Side Story. You know, like, mm-hmm. one-liner type things like that. That's what I like more.
0: Yeah. And the jokes where they make a joke early on, and then it comes back a couple of times yeah. as we go through the show. So you get a lot of that kind of humour in this one, which I think you will like.
1: Cool. Good. Uh, I'm excited. I always am with Starkids. They They start... They hold, like, a special place in my musical heart. Mm-hmm. I feel like I found, like, a niche little corner of the musical universe that I'm like, I, I would plant my flag here. Yeah. You know, I could live here. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose one, like, musical area, this would be it.
0: It's so funny to me, this is going to be a little tangent, that, like, I'm getting you into Star Kid now. Because when I was, like, 15...
1: All you wanted was a Star Kid partner.
0: This was, like... I was obsessed and so were all of my friends. We all went to the same drama club on a Saturday and did, like, mostly pantos was the kind of shows we would do. But it felt very, like, Starkid to us at the time. We all had the pink Starkid sunglasses, which isn't going to mean anything
1: to you. No, it really doesn't.
0: It's, it won't. Um, It was... Basically, Darren and Chris had these pink Ray-Ban sunglasses yeah. and... Then they started making StarKid merch versions of them. So we all had a pair of them that said StarKid on the side. And then he wore them in Glee as well. Today. Yeah, and so everyone was like, oh my God, the StarKid reference. But it was just Darren Chris like snuck his glasses on in Glee. And... Like, we all ate red vines constantly. We thought we were so cool. I actually
1: had a red vine for the first time this week.
0: They are in the staff room. I was
1: so excited. i never had a red vine before. And I really wish I'd had, like, a Would drink. Would you like to... a
0: delicious red vine? I
1: really wish I had a drink just to, like, you know, drink through the red vine. But I know, I was that like, was so weird. They were really good. Why like,
0: were there red vines in the staff room? It was amazing.
1: someone left.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. But, yes, there were red vines. And I got very excited. I thought, this is a Starkid week. Yes. Is, so, is there going to be, final thing before we start, like previous Star Kids have shown, like obviously they film it and typically, though Darren Chris is very busy and isn't in the shows, his presence is felt in the audience. No, there isn't. There's Darren no Darren Chris moment. Well. Okay, that's no. fair enough.
0: No, we do, however, get another cameo, but I, I don't think it'll make sense if I explain it to you now. So Okey we'll wait dokey. until afterwards.
1: Brilliant. Well, I guess it's time to go back in time. Mm-hmm. Prehistoric Dawn of Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be back if we survive without the comforts of a modern world.
0: And may the duck bless us all.
1: See you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> See you after intermission. We are back. Are we? We are. I don't really want to do the work today. <laughs> I don't really want to do the work today.
0: Me either, but the duck decrees it, so we must. Oh,
1: my days, the duck. I love the duck. Oh, duck is lord. Duck is lord. That's... He is lord, The Duck is
0: lord. <laughs> Possibly one of my favourite ever throwaway jokes. Is that song. Because that's not an official song. It's not on the soundtrack.
1: No, which is a shame because that would be added to the playlist. Yes, it
0: would.
1: Uh, this is great. I, I had a great time watching this one. You know how like they they sold like wigglies? Mm-hmm. Did they sell duck?
0: Not so far as I'm aware, but now I need to go and check the website.
1: I would love uh, Crocheted Duck, Lord. I thought that was Brilliant. Because it, it was used so sparingly, but it was funny for it, as opposed to like it being a big character. Mm-hmm. I just had a great time with Firebringer. I just thought it was a really, really interesting show. And I really liked you know the growth of the characters in this. I thought the comedy was good. But it was also really fun because, you know, this was a Lauren Lopez vehicle. Mm-hmm. I don't think can remember another star kid show where it's her story yeah you know obviously she is a huge part but it's usually kind of like a secondary character or you know a, a love interest type of character so with guy did like musicals obviously she's the latte heart eh? And with Black Friday, she's the villain. Mm-hmm. With trail to Oregon, she plays like the child. So she's a key part of it, but not integral or not the main character. Yeah. So, uh, and the same with Starship, that she was sidekick. So this was really nice to see her kind of having that spotlight. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that we've covered as many Starkids as we have. And this is the first time I've kind of seen that. Yeah, But I also think that this show has kind of like Book of Mormon type vibes for me.
0: Yes, it definitely does.
1: Because you've obviously got the idea. And what, one of the things I really like about Book of Mormon is it sets you up to think that this is your protagonist. And then at the start of act two, everything changes and you're saying like, oh, no, this is our protagonist. Mm-hmm. Not many shows do that. And I think Firebringer does that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start with fire. Which I, I like, especially because I like just the, the drums. Mm-hmm. It feels very primal. Like, already you can feel this world we're going into. If you hadn't shown me the post going into it, I feel like I could have got that from this. Yeah. And we meet Molug, our narrator, mm-hmm. who I adore. Yes. Molug is used very sparingly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it works...
0: Yeah. So Molag is played by Lauren Walker. This is her onstage Star kid debut. She is one of four for this show. So we have Lauren Walker as Molag. Also, she is the puppeteer for Snarl and Trunkel. Then we have Jamie Burns, who plays Chorn. And Tiffany Williams, who plays Tiblin. And then Clark backstresser as himself. Now... It's not his Star Kid debut cause because he's, he's been a amuse- pianist, yeah. but he is, this is his onstage debut and they just have him play himself and it's hilarious.
1: I did see that in the credits. I was like, who is Clark?
0: Clark, Clark Baxter. Yeah.
1: It's also interesting because having a quick like Wikipedia, it's that only Star Kids. Yeah. So it's, it, I mean, it's interesting, which is a shame because there's quite a few people here that I really liked and would love to see more from. Mm-hmm. But I think Molag was great. There was a really nice, like the way they use the direct address to actually speak to the audience in this one is really good. And it's like you privileged people and also like, nah, I'm just messing with you and I'm just having fun just with playing. you. Yeah. You know, like that's really fun. And the the way it's done, it's like that recurring joke. Mm-hmm. But each time the joke recurs, there's a longer pause and you're waiting for it. Be are like, what if this time it isn't? And it's funnier for yeah, it. definitely. And I really liked that. Uh, so uh, Molag comes out, speaks to us and tells us everything. Uh, <laughs> it's a great one-liner. Did you see that? People dancing. Doesn't that look fun? I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, I'm, I'll tell you the short story, but we've also got the long story. The short story is good for us, devastating for every everything else Literally on Earth. Literally
0: everything else on Earth,
1: yeah. And then when everyone's dancing, during we are people now. I just loved Molag's little, like, shuffling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I really enjoyed them. <laughs> and there's another really great line, babies. Mm?
0: Delicious babies, yeah. They
1: are delicious, but you can't eat them.
0: Then there'd be no people. Yeah, yeah,
1: really, really good. And you know, th- these two songs I think set up the world quite well before we then go into the the main kind of action where we have uh, the great debate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is the the biggest argument ever at this point in time. And It's between Chorn mm-hmm. and Smelly Balls.
0: Yes, indeed. And so all that Chorn can say all that was shown that Chorn can say is the word Chorn over and over again. And Smogles has chosen to interpret it the way he has. And he responds with no. Yes. Every time. And this is the great debate. It's been going on for an extended period of time.
1: Yes. So our leader, Jamila, Mm -hmm. is going to mediate and says, how about you just say yes? And just like that, the great debate is finally done. Mm-hmm. We can start moving on.
0: They give Jamila the name Peacemaker and Smelly Balls says, you are well-named, Peacemaker. And she's like, yes, so are you, Smelly Balls.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where we learn his name. Mm-hmm. And this is where we also learn about the all-powerful Duck. Yes. And they beca- they're be they careful not the to... The
0: almighty Duck. Yes, yeah.
1: they're, they're, they're careful not to praise Jamila too much because he is a yes. jealous duck
0: the jealous lord yes yeah.
1: and <laughs> i really like this bit you know jamila goes to encourage everyone to go back to work and this is where we see uh, lauren lopez it's anti-work and just wants a day off and we have kiri who is you know has, has just discovered dancing and she's like oh i want to do this just discover dancing can we mm-hmm. have a day off you set the rules and jamila's like no no
0: we need to work there's only so much daylight but Zazalil, which is lauren lopez's character uh says she doesn't really want to do the work today i don't
1: really want to do the work today i don't You'd really heard this want this one before right? yeah because it's tiktok yeah that's literally all i know it from okay and I, i'm surprised i mean i'm not surprised i know that like Starkid have like a huge following on the internet obviously they wouldn't do so successful uh with kickstarter if not yeah amongst other things they still wouldn't be creating musicals today if not for a really passionate online following
0: Mm -hmm. well pre-tiktok yeah this song did the rounds on the internet and you had the cast of the rogers and Hammerstein cinderella do a lip sync to it on youtube that's
1: crazy and then
0: the cast of the book of mormon on broadway did a lip sync to it on youtube
1: that's huge Mm -hmm. because like you know those are I, I guess seen as more professional, more established shows than StarKid. Yeah. Even though StarKid have probably been performing longer than some of the people in those shows. Mm-hmm. I really like this song. I think it's a really fun little number. I, I like how Jamil gets into the dance Jamila. as well. Yeah, Jamila. Jamil. <laughs> you know, they they on her name. I, I really like how into the dance she gets. And, and also establishes, you know, that we all have different roles that we must play. You know, so we've got <sighs> Emberly who's the food taster, mm-hmm. which like fun job and obviously dangerous job, important job here in your hunter gatherer world. Yep. You've got Tiblin, whose duty is holding up the sky
0: mm-hmm. and... Ducker. Ducker. Who is the duck priest
1: appropriately named what came first the name or the role the name
0: no probably the role
1: so what was his original name something else dave
0: dave the ducker
1: (laughs) ducker dave ducker dave (laughs) 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 but yes it's really nice because it establishes i really like the
0: joke where when they start doing the dance jamila's like how do you want to know this dance
1: yeah
0: K- kiri did you teach them all this dance you, when we when we were rehearsing this why didn't i know about it so she ends up joining
1: in as well we know that smelly balls his job is to like scream at the sun cause to scare the, it away at to the scare it the away because the sun's is a man and a coward mm-hmm. and i like that they're all saying we are womankind
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is very very cool
0: the gift of a stronger mind.
1: But, like, it makes no sense for smelly balls to be scaring away the sun because they're scared of the night time. So surely they should want him to stop shouting at the sun. And keep the sun there.
0: That is true. But then how would they know when to sleep?
1: I mean, yes, but, you know, they would take it in shifts. And this is when we have a really nice sequence between uh, Molag mm-hmm. and Jamila. So Molag isn't just the narrator. Malag was the leader of this tribe of humans, of humans,
0: Homo sapiens.
1: And, you know, we learned that she was like <laughs> Little Miss War. hmm And, she, you know, she's very proud that actually peace is now what's working. And they, you know, Jameza is still a, you know, a little bit taken back. She's like, oh, yes, no, we do. We tell all of your, the stories of, of your wars to scare the kids. Mm-hmm uh molag talks about how she wants to walk to the edge of the world to see the turtle
0: yeah yep to see the turtle whose back we all live on
1: (laughs) and then she starts talking about oh listen if i'm going to leave you to lead i need to give you some uh, some truths first of all tiblin doesn't hold up the sky you know i've given people jobs just to keep them in their place but but that's not her job. She doesn't actually make any difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, you know that duck we worship? Yep. Made it up to scare people into doing what she wanted. And I really like about you know she says that you know do you not notice that the duck constantly changes colours like at least once or twice a week? You know we are probably the ducks probably hate us because we keep kidnapping them. Yeah. You know the duck. She's
0: like it's, it's a magic duck. It just changes colour.
1: Like, okay. I think there was some interesting social commentary there on the idea of where organised religion possibly has come from as a way to control the masses. Mm -hmm. And certainly interesting to see that thread picked up here. It ends with Molag saying to Jamila, I have loved you ever since I clobbered your mother to death.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And off she goes, leaving Jamila... I mean... Not knowing what to do. Like, yeah. Basically. Un- understandably, like, your life is a lie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you've got to tell everyone this. Like, what would you do if you were Jemila? Would you tell people? Or would you keep the lie going?
0: I don't know, because the reason that Mola gives for doing those things was to put herself in power. It wasn't for the betterment of her people. Yes. It was for the betterment of herself. Whereas... Jamila's whole thing is the betterment of her people. So that's
1: why she tells them. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's a scary thing to have to tell people because it could undo everything. She's the peacemaker, the peacekeeper. Mm-hmm. And that could undo everything. But yeah. It, it's the right thing to do is to be like, actually, all of this is a lie. Mm-hmm. I like the bit where Zazalil comes in with, with Kiri and says, you know, I've got an idea because like, we're really struggling to gather nuts and it's boring.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, especially because we can't compete with squirrels. So how about we kill the squirrels? And and she talks about justifying it and she's like, oh, you know, I'm a squirrel. I'm gathering food for my family. And Kiri goes, no, don't give him a family.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't give him a family. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because that bit really made me laugh. I really. She's int- like,
0: okay, uh, he just killed his whole family and Kiri's like, I hate him.
1: Yeah, and I thought that was really good. And she wants to kill these animals, but she doesn't know how. She thinks it will be easier than gathering nuts against competition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We learn of Snarl, that Snarl's there just to kind of like, you know, scare them a little bit. I don't know if Snarl is a real thing, a real person. You know, if it's just like the boogeyman just to scare the people. But Jamila poo-poo's the idea. And says, now get back in line, go collect your nuts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Kiri hasn't done a very good job of collecting nuts, because I don't think there were any nuts in her bowl. There were not. And then we get what if. And my favourite line for what if is, I'll reinvent the human race and shove it in Jamila's face.
0: Yeah, that's her whole motivation, Zazalil, is just to... Prove to Jamila that she knows what she's doing.
1: Yeah. I also like progress comes from the need to be lazy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because it kind of does.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Like, what's a way that we can make... All
0: inventions are for the future laziness of human beings. Yeah,
1: like, it's definitely heading into a Wally territory.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's where we're going, and that's the point of Wally.
1: You know, you look at the whole idea of, like, cars, for instance, that they've gone from walking to carriages... Like horse-drawn carriages to cars mm-hmm. to self-driving cars, mm-hmm. so people don't have to do anything.
0: Humans hate doing things. Yeah, I it's... hate doing things. <laughs> it's very annoying.
1: And it, it's it's an interesting sentiment and a very very true sentiment. Which yeah, I thought was very cool. I I'm drawn to Zazalil's character, even though I'm not sure if they're the good guy in this. Yeah, you know what? She I...
0: she's good.
1: She's good. But not in a conventional way, which is quite nice that Jamila is good, Mm -hmm. does good things. But I kind of want to see Jamila brought down a peg.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Which is interesting and quite a nice like
0: power balance. That comes from, though, that we're like, we know that the fire is going to be a good thing for these humans. Yeah, because we're in the modern age watching this and, you know, they know that this is going to be a good thing. They, like, they made the show. Yes. But so Jamila being like, no, we're not going to have that. That seems like a bad idea. We're like, no, Zazzle's right.
1: Well, I mean, it's weird, especially because I'm like encouraging Zazel to be like, yes, let's go hunt the animals and eat them. Considering, you know, we are both vegetarians, mm-hmm. like her argument does make sense the whole like we can't just survive on these things and we've got to start thinking about progress and jamila's like no the old ways have always worked so we're going to keep the old ways yeah and you know off they go she sings what if and we get welcome to the stone age because kiri has got like a jagged rock that could kill someone Mm -hmm. if they ate it so oh no how many people do you think i've killed by feeding them this that prompts the idea, like oh, we
0: how many you... would, you... how many rocks would you have to eat before it would kill you? More than ten, right?
1: <laughs> and and we create, that we get an idea to create something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We go back to the tribe, and everyone's getting really excited because Schwoopsy is going, going to, to tell, tell the, the joke. joke. And people are like, no, 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 look, that's not fair. We've got one joke, and only Schwoopsy can say it. And like, no, Schwoopsy is telling the joke. Again. Again. Yeah. And everyone's like, yay, oh, really, really cool. Let's go watch the joke. Yeah, so
0: Shwopsi invented the joke. Like the concept of jokes. Yes. And is also Zazalil's wife. Yes. Not Zazalil. No, I'm getting the names wrong. Jamila. Is also Jamila's wife. Yes.
1: I really liked um Jamie Lynn Betty as swoopsie But what I really is
0: my least favourite character.
1: I uh, is used sparingly. Yes. Which is good. I
0: remember there being more of Swoopsie than there actually is. And I think that's why.
1: It's one of the things I've noticed from a lot of Star Kids is that Jamie Lynn Betty is always kind of in the background of a lot and doesn't always have, like, much. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because I really like her. But I really like the costume of Swoopsie, like, with the tie. It is, like, proper, like, stand-up comedian. Like, once you know, it's like, why, why is Jamie Lynn Betty wearing a tie? Mm-hmm. And then the second you see... It's great and you know everyone loves the punchline swoopsie and everyone laughs uh tiblin is talking about how much she loves corn not corn i can't remember their name chorn, chorn close but like they're like oh but oh. Chorn
0: just isn't interested Yeah, in her.
1: and then suddenly you know Tiblin's like I, okay I could get with this person then I like this person too and mm-hmm. he's like okay Tiblin likes everyone Tiblin kind of goes nowhere like Tiblin serves as like a very background character as well
0: yeah she as a character she's kind of just there to like fill out the group yes it's very much an ensemble member but the joke about the holding up the sky
1: stuff is really well funny. we're going to get to one of my favourite jokes in a moment but we we also meet Grunt Otherwise. Wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: whatever. <laughs> Which I really like. Okay, that's fine. And you know, we have Joey Richter comes out. He's an outsider. He fights with Emberly. Uh because he's an outsider. They both eat something from the bush and she spits out immediately, recognizing it's poison, but he just keeps chewing and she's like, Stop. It will kill you. Mm-hmm. Do this. He's like, gee, how did you find this out? He talks about how he's been, because they both get each other's names wrong. She says she's Emily and he says, Emily, whatever. And then he says, I'm Grant. Yeah. And She says, Grant, whatever. And he's a tribe of one. And he says, you know how like you'll see like a bird and all like the saber tooths fighting it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm the bird. Was his tribe going to eat him? <laughs>
0: No, it was um, a rabbit.
1: That's it. It was a rabbit. It's when
0: you see a pack of wolves hunting, uh, like, or gathered around a rabbit. And there's that one wolf that's like the little runt wolf. Yeah, well, I'm the rabbit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's so, like, oh, my God. But again, was his tribe planning to eat him? Probably. Jeez. So, yes, he leaves. And there's a nice bonding. She says that her job is like the gather, but she tastes us, And she also, she, she makes things up and she says here's one of my creations it's a sandwich but you yeah. know and he loves it mm-hmm. and we get my favorite song from waitress not my favorite it song from waitress. yeah we get just a taste mm-hmm. and i was like is she singing about food or is she singing about grunt it's just this taste of grunt and she's into him and it's a really su- it's a really sweet little song i like yeah it.
0: it's a cute little song we obviously get from this that grunt is going to come back round as a character yeah
1: but again not used as much like doesn't show up again in act one at this point mm-hmm. which was kind of like oh okay disappointing because i like joe richter mm-hmm. but i'm glad what happens in act two
0: well he also has a lot of experience with the puppeteering as well obviously from starship yes. so he is one of the puppeteers for this yeah well. so it
1: kind of makes sense i it's at this point that i noticed that emily has got glasses and i said to you it's pretty advanced for like cave people and you're like yeah but i love that they're wooden Mm-hmm. I looked at it and was like, oh my god, they are wooden. That's very, very cool. What's wooden? Her glasses.
0: Oh yeah, they look like they're made out of wood, yeah. which is really, really cool. But they are probably like a poly clay kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Jamila arrives just as Grant and Emily were about to kiss and they see off the intruder.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Jamila is going to tell the truth to everyone. And I like the bit where she's like, some of you, your jobs are, are a waste of time. And Tiblin's like, Told you, Emberly. <laughs> How's it going to feel to know you've wasted your life? Yep. Which is my favourite Tiblin moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. stroke on Emberly. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, her job's really important. Um, But you, Timlin.
1: Well, before we get that bit, we learn that the duck. Well, Jemina says we've got progress, and Daka comes over and goes, uh, Progress pleases the duck. Mm hmm and then we get the duckies, lord and they all start singing lord. and jamila's
0: there, like no no guys stop please stop please please stop
1: and we learn the truth you know and as a result ducker will no longer get the dry spot in the cave mm-hmm. and i think this is the only reason that duck is willing to be like no 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 we're gonna keep a deity because i i do talk to him this is definitely a lie
0: well, and it's that's a thing that comes around later on yeah. in the
1: show. He says, it's not been proven. This sounds like blasphemy. And then we learn about how Tiblin held the sky for 27 years. Mm-hmm. She's always been stressed. She never sleeps and has never thanked. Everyone thanks her. And at this point, Ducker turns around and shouts, you know, because she's going to, you know, like take down her hands. And she's like, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm scared. And... Ducker steps forward and is like, I will be the first to renounce my faith in the duck if this is true. But then he's like, but you don't have the guts to take her hands down.
0: Yeah. And then someone's like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it then.
1: Yeah. No, she's like, I'm not special. And Jamila comes up to go, oh, no. no,
0: But nobody is. So don't worry.
1: And she drops her arms and everyone's like, oh, my God, everything's a lie. Mm -hmm. And then they realise that, yes, duck is not lord. And there's a nice bit where Duck is like, oh, we should at least let the duck choose if it stays. And he just flies off. He's like, oh. Mm -hmm. And everyone's really, really sad. And obviously the person who's missed this is Zazalil,
0: Yeah.
1: Who shows up with a spear because she's taking control. And everyone is taken aback by the spear. You know, uh, she's like, come on, everyone, let's demonstrate. Kiri stands there and Jamila stops Zazalil from just
0: like stabbing her. Stabbing yeah, her.
1: <laughs> and then we meet Tronkel. Mm-hmm. Tronkel comes on stage and Zazalil shouts, See that big dumb mammoth?
0: Yeah.
1: And was it, it was either Smelly Bulls or Ducker who goes, Oh, that's, that's Tronkel, the water spirit. Mm-hmm.
0: It's
1: like, No, it's not. It's just a dumb mammoth. And they go to spear. Zazel, she throws the spear, but it doesn't go anywhere because she's awful. Yeah. And then Tronkel gets really angry and chases them. So have to climb up a tree for safety. And Tronkel actually speaks. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Which is really, really funny, I thought. That, you know, these animals have senti- sentience.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like, oh, don't, don't harm the animals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a the really nice bit where... They go to leave the tree. It's like it looks like she's gone. Jamila climbs down and Tronkel comes back up. He's like, "What do you think you're doing?" And <laughs> Jamila climbs the tree again.
0: Yeah, they end up going back straight back up the tree.
1: Nope, nope. And they just wait. And that's like, "We well, better hurry up because night is coming."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, you nearly killed us all.
0: Quick back to the cave. We all go.
1: And everyone goes in except Jamil and zazalil Jamila. Jamila can't read my own writing uh jamila bans a spear Mm -hmm. and also bans as bad ideas forever and then (laughs) one of my favorite jokes is i can't remember her name molag comes back out and she says you're probably really angry thinking jamila don't be mean to lauren yeah which i thought was great Like, it's proper, like, break-the-fourth-wall humour. Yeah, it's a good joke. I really like that. And then we get introduced to the idea of what Snarl is.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I was like, is he a dinosaur? Nah, they're all dead. And there's a little bit of pause with Molag. And she explains that Snarl's so scary, they wrote a song all about it.
0: Technically, Snarl is a dinosaur. Because it's a Smilodon.
1: I mean, you know, Power Rangers. Yeah. It's one of the Zords. Sabretooth Tiger. So.
0: Yeah, so even though they're called Sabretooth Tigers, they actually have no relation to modern big cats at all. And it's called a Smilodon. And it's like a... Macarodont? Macarodont. Somebody who knows more about...
1: It's ironic that we're watching this the weekend that Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion comes out, isn't it? Yeah,
0: I do want to see that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's like one of the most famous prehistoric mammals. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, you know.
1: I really like The Night Belongs to Snarl. I think it's a really great song. I love how atmospheric it is. I love the shadow puppet effects on the back wall. This is where I'm like, oh, he's a saber-toothed tiger. Mm -hmm. Because we see it and they look like cave paintings again. And at the end of the song where we have... Tiblin stand up and say, and that was Smelly Bulls performing The Night Belongs to Snarl. Mm-hmm. A song he wrote about our greatest fear. And I like the fact that it was kind of like diegetic sound that he was actually singing it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Shroopy's back with the joke. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like, Do you know, it's not even that funny.
0: Was it ever funny?
1: No, but you know, one of the things I like is that Jamie Lynn Betty takes off her tie. She's like, I give up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and everyone goes to sleep in the wet damp cave and Sazalil wants to leave the cave again and we have this nice moment with with Kiri trying to like comfort Zazalil, but makes it worse because it's like oh you know you really are insignificant aren't you
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she heads off <laughs> one of my favorite bits in this whole sequence is where you've just got Ducker lying Like, has lost everything that made him a priest. He's lying in a puddle, yeah. He just goes, humour was a gift from the duck. His voice (laughs) sounded like farts. (laughs) Just like, he's broken. Poor little ducker. (laughs) Misses his friend. And they're all just broken. They were definitely better not knowing the truth.
0: Yes, basically.
1: Which is like, again, nice social commentary is like, sometimes it's better just to live in ignorance. Mm -hmm. You know, it does knowledge bring happiness.
0: Yeah, so they're all struggling with their godless world.
1: Yeah, and they then, Zazelil's left, so they will have to go.
0: Yeah, she's gone to try and find a cave, and Molag, as the narrator, tells us that it's so dark that she she can't see anything. She finally manages to find a cave, Yeah, um, and she assumes it's the one that Trunkel lives in, but actually, uh, so far as I'm aware, mammoths didn't live in caves.
1: no. Because that's you, a
0: predator thing to do.
1: Yeah. And you've got this nice moment where like everyone's like, who's going to come? And and Shwoopsie's like, well, I've got nothing left to live for, so I might as well go. Yeah. And Smelly Balls is like, I'll go. And then he's like, no, I'll stay to be the leader. And eventually like, we we'll are all go. We're a family. Yeah. She's like, right. Never mind. We're all going. So we have Into the Night. And the very first line that Lauren Lopez sings is Into the
0: Unknown.
1: Yeah. Which you enjoyed greatly. I did enjoy it very greatly. And she bless, this is the funniest bit I think of this sequence is because she blesses the spear in the name of the duck mm-hmm. because she wasn't there she doesn't know the truth. And so for her this must be really crazy that like this proves the duck's divinity yeah because lightning strikes and we get fire mm-hmm. And I really like the bit where Zazel was just staring at it' and like trying to touch it and you've got Molag being like, don't touch it out. Why are you still touching it? Ow. Don't eat it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I think they do a really good job at kind of summing up like that discovery thing of like, you would. You'd be like, what is this?
0: My favourite thing to do with this is that Zaz wasn't there when the duck was renounced. Yes. So she thinks it's a gift from the duck because she asks the duck to bless her and then she gets struck by lightning or what she thinks is lightning at the time and fire is yeah. given to her which I think is so funny it
1: is great everyone arrives they're immediately in love with the fire and then they realise
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's Snarl's den and the puppets the first time is see the puppet is really really cool it's just the head and the hands yep but you don't need more for it it looks really cool and I love like the red glowing eyes for Snarl
0: yeah it's really cool it's a cool puppet
1: it is because it's not like again big it's not like going for realism like Joey in Warhorse. mm-hmm but it's the suspension of disbelief and the movements. It's the of head it. of
0: it is huge. Like we see later on, when you have Denise Donovan who plays Kiri, there's a bit where she hugs Snarl's head, and it's like nearly the same I'm size your as her. Now. Yeah. yeah.
1: Snarl is a magnificent puppet.
0: Starhead puppets are always really good, and I, so far as I'm aware, they're designed by Nick Lang, or well, they were before anyway. But anyway.
1: It's good to see where the Kickstarter money goes as well. Like, you can tell that that money, like, definitely Mm
0: -hmm. is
1: used effectively. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't watch this if I, you know, pledged to the Kickstarter and feel like, I've wasted my money. Mm -hmm. I'd be looking and going, yeah, that's really cool. They've used the money well. Yeah. Zazalil fights, snarl with fire and wins, and then shouts, behold, my latest invention. Mm -hmm. Bright orange stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: And Jamila doesn't approve, and
0: Because of course she doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's like we're going to ban this, it's it's bad for us. And my favourite bit is where Zazalil says, you're just a big baby, and do you know what you know what we do to babies in this tribe? And everyone just starts shouting, incl- you know, at, at the prompting of Shwoopsie,
0: Eat her! We'll eat her!
1: Let's eat Jamila! <laughs> Let's eat Jamila! And that's Jamila's wife shouting that which is really really funny but eventually you know uh, Kiri prompts everyone to decide that there should be a new leader that should be Zazalil and they all agree Jamila's like well if you don't want me then I'll go and they're like bye Jamila and Chorn comes and names Fire Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and everyone's like oh that's the first word that Chorn said that isn't Chorn Fire that's what we'll have and it's, it's one of the things I have as a pet peeve in this show, is that whenever Chorn sings...
0: They don't just sing Chorn. I,
1: I would have had them just sing Chorn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that would have been funny. It might have been annoying.
0: Well, it does happen later.
1: That's And that's what I mean. It's, it's one of my favourites where it happens later. I'm like, finally. Mm-hmm. But it should have been all the way through i, then think, that I this... think that would
0: be distracting in ensemble
1: numbers though possibly i don't know how it would play and i wonder if they tried it and then they're like no this this doesn't work
0: yeah well there's like obviously so this ran for like a month when they originally put it on so there were obviously things that got tried out earlier on that didn't work and there's things that like mishaps notable mishaps
1: oh yay always fun
0: lauren lopez's microphone not working for the whole first act on the night that her parents were seeing the show
1: oh no but the
0: band and the ensemble instantly sang like they all just agreed we sing quieter oh that's really sweet she just went for it um jamie limbetty forgetting to put her shoes on and wearing trainers onto the stage (laughs) because they were wearing um toms yes for the whole show in one of emberley's Scenes where she's singing, uh, the It Only Takes a Taste. I can't remember that song. It only called.
1: takes a taste, it, it just one taste, it's just, a, just a taste. Yeah.
0: Her belt is like beaded. They all have amazing costumes, they do. In the costumes show. are amazing. And the beading is one of the things that is like especially well done, especially things like Jamila's anklets that mm. she wears. Jamila really, really looks cool. great, but Emberly has this beaded belt. And during a solo in, on one of the nights, it exploded. Basically, no. it just popped because it's probably all um, like elastic. Yeah, is how that's how I would do it anyway. But so it popped, and just the beads went everywhere, and it led to multiple cast members during scenes just like kicking beads off of the stage, <laughs> including Joey Richter. In the trunkel costume, sweeping them off with his trunk.
1: That's so funny.
0: And Lauren Walker coming on as Molag to do one of her bits of narration, but with a broom and just sweeping the stage. So at that the would same work time. really
1: well. I believe that yeah. entirely.
0: I love stuff like that.
1: I mean, it's certainly up there with like the grape. hmm From when we just you know, just watching the grape get bustled around on stage and then eventually stamped on. Yeah. <laughs> Can imagine being in the audience, you just be like, I don't know where to look. Like, could you imagine if somebody missed one and they just tripped on the beat and they just like fell? You'd be like, Oh no, oh, mm-hmm. that's so f- brilliant. Uh, we have the night belongs to us. Uh, Ducker claims to hear the fire speaking. Everyone's like, Shut up, Ducker, you know, like you're not gonna be Everyone's divine. like, No, you don't. And Zazzle so, says, No more cave. And this is a really good, like, end of act one song. You know, it's like we've reached a new status quo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Come back to act two and we have climate change and i really like the opening of this because it feels like they now see like zazalil as someone to be worshipped because you've got like the kind of
0: zazalil the fire fire bringer yeah. yeah
1: it's really nice everyone's got some fire now and there's a nice bit where they're sat on the stage dancing and there's like the, the popping and the locking it's really really cool
0: jam and break <laughs> it's even cooler than homework <laughs> Who are you? Name that musical.
1: High school musical. <laughs> Listen to that song enough on the uh, playlist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, this is what I like from an Act 2 opening song. I feel like it's fun, it's upbeat, but it also establishes the change well. The world has changed quite significantly than when we last saw. It's like with the Friends musical last week. Mm-hmm. I loved We Were On A Break because it establishes all the things that have happened in between acts. And I thought this was a really good, like, beginning of act two song. Yeah. We get the reprise of I don't really want to do the work today, which was good. And then we start talking about how, you know, the hopes of the future. And Zazilil says, I believe if we burn enough things, we can change the climate permanently. Mm -hmm. I don't know how... Lauren Lopez is able to say some of the things she says sometimes without breaking into a fit of laughter. Yeah,
0: me either, because I would be laughing the whole time. She
1: is so funny and she is so talented. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, the more you say these things, I guess it becomes easier for you to do it.
0: Yeah, and obviously they would have been re- in rehearsals for however long.
1: Bit when you put it in front of an audience, you don't know how they're going to respond to it. And when you get this audience who are so engaged and just start laughing as well. If you had somebody with a funny laugh in the audience, it'd be so difficult to not. Mm -hmm. I I just love it. And uh, (laughs) Kiri comes out and she's like, oh, I see you were dancing and and nobody invited me. Well, I've got some notes and she gives notes on like what the dancing could be done, which I thought was funny because obviously she created it. And she says um, she doesn't really like her new role of mammoth killer, mostly because she likes mammoths.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She doesn't want to hurt them. But also,
0: she, she can't, can't find, find them.
1: any because they've killed them all. And she talks about how uh, they have wasted all the meat. They didn't even eat all of it. So it went rotten. So they threw it in the water and they've poisoned the water, which other humans have drank and are now getting sick. So now the water is filled with rotten meat and puke. And it's just like, again, really good social commentary on, you know, what man will do.
0: Well, I also love the allegory of the them all having their own little individual bit of fire. Yeah. And they all just stare at it all day. And the kids especially, because Timlin is considered a child, which is interesting. And because, like, Ducker calls them kids.
1: I mean, considering Timlin is your age.
0: How old is she? 27? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 28.
1: yeah but I am well I to,
0: am i 28 no why do i think i'm
1: 28 i don't know
0: how old am i
1: <laughs> 27
0: am i yes <laughs> please delete it. Please no, I'm keep this i'm keeping <laughs> this
1: you were born in 1995 right Yeah. January 1995. So you'd have been 10 in January 2005, 20 in 2015, and we were in 2022.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, okay. I don't know how old I am. (laughs) Clearly it doesn't
1: matter. What's my age again? What's my age again? So yes.
0: Not important.
1: My favourite bit here is like, well, okay, well, if we can't, Eat mammoths. You can kill sloths, and Kirisa... can't kill
0: sloths. They have human faces, and if you get close enough to them, they give you a hug.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, it's not going well for the tribe. And then Molag comes back out and is like, oh well, you're probably thinking right now they could do a Jamila, mm-hmm. but Jamila died in intermission. <laughs> she was eaten by a lizard.
0: Of all the things,
1: and walks off." And we've had plenty of these times where Molag like, tells us something and is like, nah, I'm just, just playing, playing with you. Yeah. And this is the longest gap we have. And I'm just like, oh, my days.
0: Oh, my God. Did they kill off Meredith Stepien in between acts?
1: And then she comes back and she's, nah, I'm just playing with you. And I like this because, again, it's very Book of Mormon that, you know, we've had Elder Price was our lead in Jamila. But now Elder Price has been replaced, has gone off somewhere else. And we've got uh, Zazelil, who's Elder Cunningham, who is now in the lead for the very first time. Mm
0: hmm. We're also told that even though Jamila's been exiled, she's literally walked like 50 meters away yeah. from the rest of the tribe and is just sat on her own.
1: Yeah, they're literally just staring at her from this village they built. She has a lament in Jamila's lament, and it is a nice lament.
0: Yeah, she's starting to think maybe she's wrong for not accepting change and that, like, oh, this wouldn't have happened if she'd given some leeway. Is it all her fault? And then she decides no. So no. that
1: was just super annoying. We uh, see Duck. Duck is back. Duck oh, yeah, is duck back. The duck comes
0: back and she's talking to it. And then she's like, maybe I could worship you. And the duck flies away. And she's like, okay.
1: I just love that Jerry Richter is the duck. And he's like, oh, and you gone. Mm-hmm. As she sings, a mysterious man, he just shows up, hugs her. And she's like, ooh. And leads her away. Yes. I don't know who this mysterious man is. So this but... is
0: Clark backstresser, Yes. He is one of the star kids he went to uh university of michigan he met them through the show me and my richard yes and basically he's there like uh he plays the keyboard he's their pianist but he also conducts a lot of stuff yeah he... and he's
1: been with them every step of the way
0: nearly every step of the way not the original two uh, very popular musicals he's also in jim and the poblos which is a
1: all your fortune you for
0: yeah it's it's like their band yeah um, he's been in well so he has worked on me and my richard starship a very Potter senior year annie trail to oregon firebringer and then he wrote the lyrics and music for a vhs christmas carol which yes. we haven't watched yet but everybody calls him uh, musical daddy and he has worked with them for a really long time so it was a joke yeah. for them.
1: everyone knows who he is when he comes on mm-hmm. yeah
0: he served as a music director for firebringer and was also playing the keyboard for them but cool. he also just got to be in this one because he hadn't been featured in any of them before and a lot of the other behind the scenes people show up yeah in a lot of them like the langs were bugs in starship yeah. and you know they, well, they show and up they've
1: also been i think one of the well, langs, both
0: in a very popular musical
1: yeah one of them and sequel yeah because one of them was uh mr weasley and i hated yeah you hated him and one of them was gilderoy lockhart i don't remember no i thought i thought the pianist was gilderoy lockhart no Fair enough. Anyway, yeah.
0: Well, it might have been the pianist at the time.
1: Yeah, but not.
0: But, yeah, so this is them being like, Clark, be in this one. So they introduce him as this sort
1: of... Rugged.
0: Rugged wanderer from another tribe who just collects
1: well, He doesn't even say anything. People. He literally just comes, puts his arms around and whisks her off. He's like, oh, okay.
0: But I just love that every time he comes on and does this, because he does it to... Jamila, and then he does it later on to Zazilil. Both of them are immediately like, oh, somebody's got their arms around me, weird. They step away, they look up, and then they're like,
1: hmm, okay. And <laughs> <laughs> keeps going back to him for more. Yes. So as this mysterious man takes Jamila away, we cut and we just see. I really like, you know, the whole them just obsessed with the fire that it's like phones. Phones, yeah. You know? And you see, uh, i completely forgotten who it was that was holding up the sky. Timblin. Tiblin. She's like, I'm going to go eat. And then she just leaves Emily by herself. And Emily's just like, okay. And then in comes Grant. And Grant's like, I've been looking for you. It's really good to see you. And we learn. He's like, your special skill inspired me. I wanted to find my special skill. Yeah, I
0: want to show you my special skill. I call it... Pinting. Pinting. She's like, painting? Okay. And then is he's shown like, his wonderful stone tablets that he paints on. Yes.
1: She says, did you smash a tiny turkey with this rock? It's great because it's proper like handprint turkeys, like very like kindergarten. Mm-hmm. But I just really like this where he's like, that's fine. And he then refers to it as painting as well. And he he talks about his different portrait so he has his picture of his dad and like is that nostrils or is it
0: oh you have his eyes or are those nostrils it's like oh i forgot to paint the nostrils it's not
1: one of my good ones it's bad and then he brings out his picture of his mum and she's like oh and
0: and he's like it's okay she was really ugly
1: and he's like oh uh, that's a good one then and then his self-portrait is absolutely fantastic and not something we can talk about on but this PG rated podcast. my favorite one. And she's like, oh, I really like it. And what's this? That's the moon. And what's that touching the moon? He goes, that's my Richard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really good. And she says, oh, will you teach me? He's like, mm, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And immediately gets heartbroken when she does a better turkey than he does. He's like, well, turkeys are kind of my thing. Yeah, I didn't think you'd also do a turkey. So she's like, oh, it's a spider. And he goes, well, spiders, spiders have, have more legs eggs.
0: than that. But okay.
1: I like the bit where she's like tasting it. <laughs> she's like, you know, doing a taste test of what the paint is. And she's like, "What's the last? He goes, it's my poop. And you see it like. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, it's like, this is how you get the shades. But yes, we get paint me. Do you know what? I relate to this scene because I completely understand how Grant feels to have this skill that he's proud of mm-hmm. and be like, Here's what I did. And then you show me up <laughs> with how good your version is. <laughs> and obviously the difference is you have been doing a heck of a lot longer than I've been doing it. So it's not the same. It'd be like if I suddenly just sat down and drew a masterpiece. But I do relate to Grant being like, no, I don't want you to draw me because it will probably be better. Just let me draw you and we'll be happy with that one.
0: I mm-hmm.
1: love the way she lies on the floor with her paint me pose and
0: he's like that's the pose you want to do and she's like well i, I thought so and he's like okay it's difficult but you know i yeah, guess fine. fine
1: i like all the references in this song to different famous paintings so i recognize the birth of venus when mm-hmm. she stands up and she's covering herself it's one of uh, in the clam show, it's the birth of venus yeah we have american gothic with the farmers
0: mm-hmm.
1: the scream i didn't see the scream but i did see the creation of adam
0: yes and also the last supper
1: i didn't see the last which is the supper.
0: one where she does all the poses really quick that's she's what i didn't understand whole last I, didn't, I didn't
1: understand that one but that's really good i thought that was a really clever little joke for this song it's like paint me like these different famous paintings and they existed before they existed
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah I like the bit where he's about to show her and she's covering up her eyes and before he reveals it, he's like oh i forgot the eyes again <laughs> and I said to you at this point, I was like, I hope the payoff to this is that it's a bad painting.
0: And it is.
1: It is. And it's great. And there's a nice bit where she she says, is, is that a cat? And he just goes, I can't do feet. I mm-hmm. just, I can't do feet. And I loved that. I thought it was really, really funny. And the cat was the best bit of the painting as well. Like, he can draw, it was draw a cats. It cat.
0: I always really like the props in Star Kid Musicals. Yeah. I think they look really good.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of effort that goes into them. And it's really, really fun. We go back to the tribe. Ducker wants to be priest again. So he's manipulating people to believe what he says. He's like, I am the fire's chosen deity. Mm. I can hear the fire's voice and it will come with certain privileges. I, I mean, crosses to bear. Yeah. But it also means I get to wear a silly hat again. And we get the hat. So he goes, now light me on fire.
0: Oh, yeah, the hat must be lit on fire because he has faith. <laughs> Yes. Even though he knows he's making this up but like okay he's deluding himself. He doesn't know
1: how dangerous the fire is which is what I think is funny. And like everyone else is like no the fire will hurt. He's like no the no, no. little faith. It'll
0: prove that he is the fire's true believer and so uh, right. Schwopsey sets his hat on fire and it immediately starts burning him. Yes
1: yeah, so he's like the look on Joe Walker's face with that instant regret is hilarious. And mm-hmm. uh, we get ouch my butt. Basically Everything is on fire. They are all on fire and they burn the village down.
0: Yeah, Zazalil, they're all like, Zazalil, help us put the fire out. And then she's like, just run, run away from it. And so everything's at on fire. And then when the fire burns out, everybody is instantly like, well, we know whose fault this is. Well, The best
1: thing is, Ducker's the first person to be like, this is all your fault, Zazalil. Which is fantastic, because obviously it's not, it's Ducker's fault. Mm-hmm. And... As everyone's complaining, <laughs> Grunt comes out. And he's like, yeah, it's all your fault. And Zazzle's like, who the heck is he? And Grunt's like, oh, I'm I'm you. I don't really know you, but it just seems like everyone's blaming you and I wanted to join in.
0: And then Snarl grabs him and drags him away. And Zazzle's just like, oh, lucky us.
1: Lucky us. Emily gets really upset. He's like, I want to rescue him. Mm-hmm. And Chorn agrees to help. And that prompts Smelly Balls to be like, after all this time, I finally know what Chorn means. Mm-hmm. It means family. This is one of the bits I didn't like. And I think it's a... Brian Holden always seems to be one of like the weak spots for me with these shows. Which is a shame because he's very talented. But it's like the way that the smelly balls joke of like him speaking and you waiting for him to finally decide what he's saying. Yeah. It's just like one of those few moments I'm just like... It's not funny. Come on. And obviously everyone else as well on stage is like getting annoyed by it. And it's been going on the whole whole show with so many balls. I'm just like, done with it by this point, you know? Yeah. So everyone agrees to go and help. Uh, they're like, how are we going to do this? We don't have fire anymore. Zazel can't make fire. So Emily's like, I've got an idea. She gets a big stone and she just squats down. Everyone's like, oh no, what are you doing? Did you literally have to poo in front of us? Mm-hmm. But then...
0: She draws the picture of the fire. And
1: everyone's like, oh, you pooped fire? She's like, no, it's not, it's not real fire. It's a painting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they march off chanting, we're the best. And Kiri is disappointed with Zazalil. Because, you know, when Zazalil was one of them, she wanted to help. But now it's her fault and she doesn't want to get involved. Yeah. And she's been cast out. Mm-hmm. We get backfire. It's her lament. Backfire was okay. It was very, very short. Yeah. I like how everyone comes out. It's like when her it mind. I
0: tried something new, when it backfired.
1: Yeah. I like that this is where Chorn actually sings Chorn. Chorn, 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 Chorn.
0: Yeah, I love that uh, Zazzle is like, geez, Chorn, I get it.
1: And this is when she... Meets well, we get MoLog. She comes back, she's like, I can't find the edge of the world, but she narrates the arrival of the mysterious stranger. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's, it's A lot the same, of <laughs> Yep. And he's hugging her, and she's like, but goes back into his arms. She's like, oh, Okay, and then the second she mentions her name is Aza, he's like, Ew, he's like, Come oh with me. god, no, I've heard
0: so much about you, you're coming with me. Yeah. He drags her off to the village where Jamila is, and Jamila's just like, Yes, I am so vindicated i knew i was right it's great
1: how long has passed
0: uh months i would say
1: so these aren't her actual children
0: biological children no fair
1: enough so yes jamila is now um the the leader of this tribe she married clark but she also married all, all these
0: lovely, beautiful people that are here, which is the audience. The
1: audience. So she's got to many, and one of the things she's like is like, in this tribe, I have all the husbands and all the wives, as opposed to your tribe where, where I, I have had Shwoopsie. one
0: wife who said that everyone should eat me. Yeah,
1: and I really like this, and and again, we have Jamie Lynn Betty come out as you know better wife, and you know, Claire, have, yeah, you know, you have the children come out, which is Tiblin and uh, Brian, Bowls. Yeah. yeah, but obviously they're like. Cute little kids and everything good.
0: So Azalil <laughs> begs her to return, and she says, "Well, if you come back to our tribe, I'll be your wife, and, and she's you all can like, have all of this." Does this. So this little dance, and Jamila is just stood there like staring. She's entranced.
1: She's like, "I'm kind of intrigued." Because these but... two have
0: had like a love hate relationship the whole time. They're very clearly into each yeah, other. Yeah, and it's
1: like, you... no, because like,
0: like as attractive as that is. No, I think I'm going to stay here.
1: Because I hate you. She actually says, because I hate you. Yeah. But eventually, you know, she's convinced to join mm-hmm. and she decides that we're going to leave the Neanderthals to rejoin the humans. But I hope that the humans never harm the Neanderthals. Yeah, because they're in so peace. intelligent
0: and peaceful and loving of each other. And I hope that my people never do anything bad to your people. Yes. <laughs> no, and then no. Jamila
1: does say that she'll hold Zazil to the marriage promise. And Zazil's like...
0: Oh, yeah, because Zazalil says, oh, I'm sorry that you've had to leave all your husbands and wives. And Jamila's like, well, that's OK. You're my wife now. And Zaz is like, oh, oh, you're going to hold me to that? She's like, yes. And she's
1: like, well, that's, I'll allow it because I'm, 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 I'm into it. And uh, so they sing together. They sing together and off they go to save the day i really like the stage running like the slow motion also running so it's like come with me come with me and then but they yeah the cute
0: like come on
1: it, it goes to end with one of them going to propose but stopping i think it was
0: it's jamila that gets down on one knee and Saz is like we don't have time for this
1: let's go we go into snarl's cave mm-hmm. and uh silence asleep so Shh, be very very quiet and grunt is alive and they're like, Grant, you're alive. And they, they, they wake him up and he's like, Snarl ate my arm and my feet. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to paint feet now because I can't remember them. I can't no look reference. at them for reference. It's
0: so funny.
1: And uh, Snarl goes to wake up, but doesn't. And they're like, oh, he's, he's sound asleep. And uh, Emberly goes and puts her hand, like whole arm in his ear. He's like, wow, he's really soft and really cute. And then Kiri's like, oh, I want to go pet him. And mm-hmm. just hugs. Him. He's like, I am your mummy now.
0: I'm your mom now. Yep. Um. They actually almost get grunt out, and then Jamila and Zazel enter, and are like, "We're here to save you." Yeah, Zazel
1: shouts, downward snarl, and like, we were so far, like, we were, we're doing so better close. without you. Mm-hmm. And you know, it doesn't matter. We've got a plan, and they hold up the fire painting. We've got fire, and
0: mm-hmm. Snarl
1: just gets close, sniffing it, and starts being like. What is that? And it doesn't work. We forgot he had a sense of smell. So Jamila
0: and Zazalil are going to stab uh, Snarl in the eyes. Yes. I think they say. And And twist
1: it around. Twist uh, his brains. Swirl his
0: brains around. Yeah. And it'll be fine. And then they miss.
1: But we get a little spark.
0: Yeah. They hit their spears against the wall of the cave that they're in. And it sparks. And Jamila. No. And Zazalil is like, oh my god, that's how you make fire. Yeah. It's the spark. And she So she takes the spearhead, she's like, please trust me, Jamila," And she does, finally.
1: Yes. And we get the fire. And they burn. (laughs) Snarl.
0: Another beautiful creature that burned to death. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And at this point everyone's like saying oh we're all really sorry and everything's going to be okay and they congratulate each other and then chorn arrives
0: right (laughs) tell me what went through your brain when this happened because this is so funny to me when i first saw this basically what happens is chorn is revealed to be an ancient alien who has come to earth to give them the gift of fire basically and see whether these are intelligent creatures who can look after the planet? Yes. Um And the answer is obviously no, but that's why Chon has come here. What yeah. did you think? Because I, I remember just being like, what is happening? I just thought it was
1: funny. It's like that deus ex machina type of thing where it's just like, we've got to come up for a reason of like all of this. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was funny. I just I, I enjoyed the reveal of Chorn, it's great. and Chorn. you know the the Chorn suit was great. Mm-hmm. And then you know they all get knowledge and they spasm on the floor and like, oh wow, this is great. We've got all the knowledge of humanity. We the lightning
0: it. bolt that hits Azal's spear at the beginning. It wasn't a lightning bolt. It was a photon beam from Chorn's ship. It
1: feels very Rocky Horror, like the end of Rocky Horror when you know mm-hmm. um, riffraff. Comes out and is like, We're going to kill you, Frank
0: <laughs> Back to the planet. To you know go, what? Yeah. It feels like
1: that moment with the costumes, I and mean, it's very, very fun. Um, I, I do think Chorn as a song is like my weakest song in this.
0: I agree. But Jamie Burns has a ridiculous singing yeah, voice. Very
1: good singing voice. It's
0: crazy to me that this is the only bit that she does. And I know she's new, this is her debut, she's new to Star Kid. She's a member of Jim and the Povolos as well and a voiceover actor. But like, there's no information about her on the Starkid website. She's an incredible singer. Yeah. I wish she'd had more opportunities to sing the way that she does in this song. Because, like, I agree with you. This is probably my Skip It song. Yeah. But she's so good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What I like about this, and it's not like a slight on anything, it does feel like very David Bowie, you Mm -hmm. know, like... The ziggy stardust era and i like it it just doesn't feel like it's in keeping with the tone of the rest of the show
0: yeah especially because we're about to go into the finale which yeah. brings in a lot of songs from the rest of the that's show that's it
1: uh we have a nice moment where <laughs> molag comes back out and is also given the gift of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going, we're we going to do the work today. We're all going to do the work today.
0: Yes, they have to work to make sure that humanity is worthy of the gift of fire. Yes,
1: and a bright future. Zazalil and Jamila propose to each other. So Jamila gets down and then Zazalil's like, no. And sh- then she mm-hmm. gets down they propose. And I, I assume Dukka marries she- them all Chorn married. Someone marries them. Yeah, they're married. Yeah, they're married, which is really nice.
0: Jamila says that she will always try to give new ideas a go before dismissing them. Yes. And now they understand the world. The end.
1: The end, yeah. And, it's, you know, happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Really fun two hours. It's Longer than, um, well, not necessarily longer than Starship, but certainly more music than Starship. One of the critiques I had of that one was that went a while without
0: Without songs, whereas this is nicely spaced out songs.
1: This one's very funny and obviously has some nice immature humour to it, but also feels very mature. You know, there's some nice Mm -hmm. social commentary on these things. It's empowering, I think, you know, that it's womankind, Mm
0: -hmm. you know. And that we just accept that women's rights are a thing. It's not like
1: something that's ever brought up or referenced.
0: Women are just in charge.
1: Yeah, I liked that. You know, I I thought it was really nice Mm -hmm. and... I, I, I enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah. This show has 17 songs, not including Duck is Lord. It's
1: a Yeah, it's a long old one. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: who is your MVP for this one?
0: I think it has to be Meredith Stepien. They wrote the music and lyrics along with Mark Swidowski. And yeah. it's just so good. It's such a good show
1: yeah they were very good
0: and Jim Miller is the character I would want to play as well so I just think they were like I, I thought in yeah role.
1: they were very good I'm gonna say actually though that my MVP isn't a character we get a lot of is Molog
0: oh yeah Lauren Walker
1: <laughs> yeah simply because I really enjoyed the role of the narrator and mm-hmm. like having uh, Molag come out and say these things and the humor and the jokes was really good and I don't feel any section of it like went on for too long
0: yeah
1: and for me it you know doesn't do much in it but for me the bits that were done were great and I had a great time whenever Lauren Walker came out on stage I had a good time Mm -hmm. I did throughout the whole show and there's an argument for a lot of them and I'd agree you know Meredith Stepien is up there but for me I just liked I liked Molag a lot Mm
0: -hmm.
1: my role I'd actually want to play I mean, there's very few roles. I'm not playing Smelly Balls.
0: Mm-hmm. Your choice is basically <sighs> Ducker or Grunt. And I
1: want to play Grunt just because I really like. I really like the Paint Me song,
0: mm-hmm. and I just
1: would love to do that. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite bits we didn't talk about is, but when they go to help Grunt up in in the cave and they oh, pull he has on the bone, bone yeah. and they pull that, it, the bone comes off, and you're just like, ah. <laughs> and there's another. Oh, the other bit I really like is um, Chorn. You know, goes to Grunt and says. I will give you your arm back. And Grunt's and like... He grows
0: his arm back yeah. and he's like, could you do my feet too? And
1: Chorn's like, no, I, I can't can do, do feet. feet. And I just thought that's another example of a callback to a really funny joke. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think I'd want to play Grunt, um, especially if I got to do everything that Joey Richter does. You know, I get to be out, but I also get to, you know, fly duck God away.
0: Yeah, duck God.
1: I'll tell you what as well, if somebody who doesn't have, like, the best self-esteem with regards to like my body image Mm -hmm. like for uh i mean both ducker and grunt to literally just be topless with like their little grass skirts Mm -hmm. obviously like joe walker's in phenomenal shape
0: yeah
1: jerry richter not so much that's not me body shaming obviously but it's just he's a
0: normal dude he's a
1: normal i think that's a
0: good thing especially because their audience is quite young yeah anyway
1: well my point is more like i'm I'm not body shaming i'm you know people in glass houses but i just thought i felt really empowered watching him perform Mm -hmm. on stage not having like what is the same body as some of the other people on the stage
0: yeah i think they have quite a diverse group
1: yes but to have that as a costume because brian holden's got like a tunic on Mm -hmm. he's you know i just thought it was really nice to see that kind of body positivity for me it was like you know just nice yeah We both had the same skip song of Chorn. Mm -hmm. What's your best song?
0: I mean, it's Duck is Lord, but that doesn't count.
1: I, I've said I've got one from Act One, one from Act Two. Oh,
0: okay. I
1: I actually really enjoyed the night belongs to Snarl, just because it felt really cool and really like atmospheric.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, But Paint Me as well. I just like that feels like Baptize Me. Yeah. This this really does feel like them doing a Book of Mormon.
0: I think mine is probably We Got Work to Do.
1: Yeah, that's good. I really liked that one.
0: And then Act 2, I think I agree with Paint Me. Altogether, I really like Together. There's
1: a lot of good ones. There really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave this one four stars out of five. Yeah. I really did enjoy this one. I actually, funnily enough, did not miss Jeff Blim.
0: That's interesting.
1: I don't know where he would have fit into this one to be entirely honest. Yeah. And I didn't feel like the show was missing something. Mm -hmm. But I do feel it's like things like smelly balls doesn't always work for me. And overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really, really fun show. And I thought I I was really impressed by, you know, it's like when we saw Starship and it was Joey Richter front and centre. I was like, he's usually the sidekick. Mm -hmm. It's Really good to see Lauren Lopez kind of front and centre.
0: Yeah. How did this
1: one compare for you uh, watching it again? Like,
0: Oh, uh, equally as good. I love this show.
1: Are there any bits that you disliked when you were younger that you had a new appreciation for this time?
0: I don't think so. I I really liked this show. I watched it when it came out originally, and it just is good fun, and it's nice to have LGBTQ plus characters, especially... Characters who are like bi and pan because you've got Jamila who has both husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. Zaz only seems to show interest in women, like she's she seems like she's kind of interested in Kiri, yeah, and then uh Jamila, but then she's also interested in Clark Backstresser, yes. so maybe she's bi as well. It's just a lot of I mean polyamory but also people just being attracted to whoever which is always a really nice thing to see
1: yeah and just they're nice characters as well as like they're not like defined by their
0: sexuality or gender yeah yeah,
1: they're just and, and that's also good because you know they can be flawed people that way because they are just people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's what I really like yeah me too we are off to the theatre next week. Well, actually, for the next two weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's been confirmed. We mm-hmm. are going to see Footloose, which I've never seen the film. Have you not? Never seen the film. I know the one song. Uh, Kurt I have Lose. seen
0: the original film. I have seen the new version of the film, which has the guy who's now in... There's a
1: new version of the film?
0: There's like a modern-esque oh, version of Oh, cool. Film. I didn't know that. And I have seen the stage show before, so I'm excited to go and see this again.
1: Yeah, so next week we will cut loose. Mm-hmm. The week after that, it's something I'm so excited.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're gonna to go to Hampton Court Palace to watch the original Queens of the West End.
0: Yeah.
1: Do Six, mm-hmm. which is so exciting. It's so
0: exciting.
1: We we live local to that area. We drive past Hampton Court quite regularly. And I always said to you, it's like, this is where I wanna see Six performed and you know, this is like
0: years before this was ever announced as well Is you would always be like oh yeah that would be really cool if they did that like why wouldn't you do six as a show at Hampton Court yeah I'm so excited to go and see it yes i probably you know Anne Boleyn is rolling in her grave but <laughs> you know it'll be good
1: I like the songs I mean I, we'll talk about six obviously and so my my preconceptions but this is one I'm going into where I do know a few of the songs and have already formed ideas about the show Mm -hmm. without seeing it so that's exciting. Well then uh, we're going to delay Cinderella until the uh, 4th of July uh, which is around a year mark since we actually saw Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella Mm
0: -hmm. which is
1: very interesting and then you know thanks to Tony from uh, At Theatre Flashback 1 we're going to be going to see the My Fair Lady at the London Coliseum Which again, very excited, and we'll talk about that on the 11th of July. We might then take our first planned break. Yep. For a week because a work commitment sees me go to Paris for our anniversary. For our anniversary. I'll
0: still be here though.
1: (laughs) Maybe we'll get someone else to come in and fill in for me, but I don't know who you'd want to talk musicals with. We'll see. But we, we, I mean, if we can film, if we can record something before then, we will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, on the 18th of that week of, of the 18th of July is going to be a busy week for us. It will be uh, the last week of the school year mm-hmm. for us. And there's a lot going on. So you might take a break of a week then, possibly a two week break. But uh what you know a great month ahead of us, mm-hmm. I think Footloose Six, Cinderella, the Disney film, and my fair lady Live,
0: yes indeed,
1: as always, uh, get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at its a musical pod. Let us know your thoughts on our upcoming uh uh content. Are you fans? Are you not fans? What do you want to hear us talk about? You can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms probably already know this because you're listening to us mm-hmm. apple podcasts spotify google Podcasts, the amazon music app under the podcast section of the library you can find us on stitcher you can find some good pods under og hosts Podbean. and if you like what we do why not share us with a friend or head over to any of those platforms and leave us a review or head over to podchaser.com and leave us a review there but until next week we will see the same fat place, same fat channel. Have
0: a magical musical Monday.